serious news, seriously entertaining. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy Tuesday. This portion of the program is brought to you by Parker and Sons Plumbing Electrical, two-time winner of the Better Fences Bureau's Ethics Award. Very ethical. All right. Well, we've got controversy once again. No way. We go down to the border. There's controversy uh, in the border? It's always controversy. Yes, yes. Both sides don't want to fix the problem. They just like to complain about it, and they make a ton of money on it. So here's the latest, okay? Um, we've got uh, migrant children that are coming into the country. We've always, always talked about unaccompanied minors, uh, and you know they're housed by the United States government, and sometimes it's a makeshift shelter inside of an army base. Uh, and I know that there's one in Texas, the, the one that we're specifically going to talk about today. And so in this army base, right, where migrant children are housed, um, America is being blamed for their panic attacks and distress. So first, the first thing I'd like to say is, you know, hear my heart on this. My goodness, I feel so sad for these children. You know, either their parents brought them here and they're suffering this type of trauma uh, I, I don't know what it would be like to walk across the desert to, to, to go somewhere that is not your home uh, and, and walk over the border. And now you find yourself in, 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 a, in an army base. Um, yeah, I think they've suffered distress. And, and unfortunately, they're having panic attacks. If you've ever had a panic attack, it is, you think you're going to die. I've had plenty of them in my entire life, and they're horrible. Um, but I don't think it's our fault. No, it's got to be Trump's fault, right? Now, I know this is all based off of the last year or so under uh, uh, Biden, but I would assume it would be Trump's fault because you'd hear about this 24-7, and you're bringing it to people's attention when nobody else is. Well, there's a new report out, and it details the distress among my migrant children who are, are in this facility. Uh, and it's, you know, I know you're getting political, but no, of course it's not Trump's fault. We're not talking about kids who were ripped out of their parents' arms. This is 10,000 teenage migrant boys and girls at Fort Bliss right. who went as long as two months without seeing a case manager. Yeah. Okay. Could we do better? Well, there's no doubt about it. Um, you know, and I know you were just kind of joking about Trump. Everybody wants to blame Trump. But on the other side, everybody else always likes to blame Biden. But as I say, who's the president right now? Oh, that's right. It's not Donald Trump. So I don't give a crap about Donald exactly. Trump. Exactly. Uh, I care what Joe Biden is doing. 122,000 unaccompanied minors last year. Yeah. So they're in this facility. I think we can understand. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably in distress. But is it because of what we're doing or is it become of what where they just came from? Let's talk about that. If you're coming from Central America or you're coming from Mexico, there's a reason that you're coming here. Something bad has happened. Uh, Your country is broken, right. corrupt, awful. Yeah, it's you're... all the things, and you've decided, I'm going to throw caution into the wind, or your family has, and have either snuck across and or paid somebody to take you from point A to point B. Yeah. You weren't given out some sort of, of invitation, and you got here, and we lied, and we stuck you in a cage. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be the trip to the United States that has caused you distress. Now... Could this facility be something that's not so great? Yeah, right? I mean, we've got to at least acknowledge that. There's, there's a decent chance it's not the best facility. It's not the best facility. I can tell you, though, it's got to be better than sleeping in the desert. Yeah. It's got to be better than sleeping, you know, on the on the ground. It, it has to be better. Or better tra than traveling with somebody who at any moment might decide, you know what? You're going to come work for the cartels, or we're going to traffic you. Or we're going to do something. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where I was going to. 
That's where I was going to. So it is, it's just a sad story because it's children. I don't care what nationality they are. I don't care what country they come from. Children. Kids are kids. So, so the study is talking about migrant children housed by the U.S. government. These are makeshift you know, shelters inside army bases. And the kids are suffering distress and panic attacks. And the study says because officials lacked the resources and training to release them in a timely and safely fashion. Well, where are we supposed to put all of these children? Because more people have come over this year than ever before. And by- Two million people. Where are we putting this? Do they have family members? Are they just? Are we just going to release them into the you know out into the world? I mean, this is the insanity of which we speak. Of they don't have enough people. Why? Because they're not. We're not set up on the border to get two and a half million people wandering by and taking care of it. Yeah. I'm sorry, it, that place is not supposed to hold ten thousand people. No, no. And, you know, you got to blame partially the president who invited everybody here and all of his policies, you know, or lack of lead up. Yeah, it's really a lack of policy at the border. Do you know what Beto O'Rourke said about him? Beto Obeto, what did Beto, he say? Beto O'Rourke came out and said because he's uh, running for governor. He's Texas. running for governor. He's getting his. He's getting boat raced already. But oh, he came he? out and he said, hmm. "Hey, we have a crisis here on the border because this president hasn't spent a dime or a day here in the Rio Grande Valley or anywhere else in Texas because he doesn't care." Yeah, he doesn't care about the border. No, he does not. No, I mean that's it's not on his radar. No, it's not. It's not. All right. So I mean, I don't. I don't see. We. I think we can take some responsibility. Because we've always got to take some responsibility. Well, they're getting right? food. They're yeah. probably getting uh, some education time. They're getting things that they didn't have. And they were either sent here, in many cases, by their family members. Right. There's the responsibility. Your poor government somewhere else and your family members thinking it's better for you to come here and stay with your uncle or your aunt or somebody like that. So let's go to the uh, Gatos BQ poll question of the day. It's brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. It's on this story. A new report says migrant children in the U.S. Uh, in U.S. custody suffered distress and panic attacks at a makeshift shelter due to deficient services. Whose fault is this? A, the U.S., B, the parents for putting their children in this situation, or C, uh, none of the above. I mean, I could go with both. I could go with, you know, partially the U.S., but I'm more going with the parents Absolutely. who put their children uh, uh, here, the parents who put their children in the situation, 75%, 75%. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I think Absolutely we can take a, a small portion of the blame here in America. We probably do it a little better. Um, but I think it's the parents who said, you know, maybe we won't even go with you. You'll make a trek across the desert. Or maybe their parents are already here and they're coming down to join their parents. Right. But you, you, you can only do so much. They've got 300 caseworkers, they say now, for 600 kids. So everybody essentially has their own caseworker. At one time, they had, you know, several thousand there, and they only had a couple hundred caseworkers. So only so much you can do. They're not set up for this. Right. But Here, to blame us, yeah. they didn't send you an invitation. No. Here what they're doing in New York. Five migrant buses arrived in New York City, and the mayor there said, all right, let's start Tent City. I saw that. They've got a tent city construction. That's. I thought that New York was getting the cruise ship and they were going to put people on. God, that is just... Five migrant buses. That's a lot of people. They don't know what to do in New York. They're panicking. They have no idea what to do. They right. scream. Here's the beauty of virtue signaling. The whole thing about virtue signaling is you're signaling you're virtuous when in, in reality you don't want anything to actually happen where you'd actually be, you know, said, hey, you got to... 
put up. And sorry, that's what they have to do now. Oh my God, we got some more people here. What are we going to do? They're taking a parking lot in the Bronx and they're moving and they're doing it and making a tent city. I'll only tell you this from a guy who's been to the Bronx many, many times to go see the New York Yankees play. Um, that is, it, I, I don't like this. That's it's a very dangerous area. Like the only time, you know, the, the the one time you go to the Bronx that's really, really going to be safe is when there's a a, a baseball game because you have all the cops there and everything. But this is a, the Bronx is a very dangerous part of New York. Wow. It is, and you want to take us a parking lot and put put people in it. That's Does not Trump a- have one of his hotels? Wouldn't that be hilarious? He goes, hey, you can put him up in one of my hotels. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. Put him up there. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> They'll be taken care of. I just, you know, uh, you know, we're putting we're putting these kids in a, in, a, in, a, in an army base. Now we're taking some of these migrants and sticking them in the Bronx. And uh, there's got to be a better way to do this. Yeah, there is. Yeah. What can we do to keep you in your own country? Right, right. And if you're going to come here, what can we do for you to do it legally? All right. Seems about the safe thing to ask. Fair thing. Coming up next. Coming up. Uh, it's the new power move for women in the workplace. You're never going to guess what this is. It's fascinating. We'll talk about it next. It is the Gatos and Chad Show. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. The Gatos and Chad Show, 2 till 6. Hey, still to come this hour, uh, should Arizona ban your kid from having a phone in school? Oof. I don't think a lot of you parents out there are digging that. All these school shootings or scare of, uh, uh, not a scare of school shootings, but a lockdown. Yep. And you don't know if there's someone in the school. You really want your kid without a, a cell phone? We're going to talk about that uh, uh, this hour. Coming up. All right. Hey, it's a new power move for women in the workplace. You ready? Yep. Gray hair. More women are letting their hair go gray. Uh and they're calling it a power move. So I could see that. Okay, so why can you see it? Let's bring Becky Lennon, who uh, she has blonde hair. I don't have gray hair. She has blonde hair. First of all, uh, you know, the gray hair thing and the silver hair is quite, you know, you see a lot of, like, warrior princesses and people now in the hip movies that have that kind of platinum gray hair. The other thing is, I think it makes you, you know, like with men, right? Maybe a little bit more distinguished, older, more trustworthy in an office setting as the person to go to. More experienced? Yeah. I don't know. You know, (laughs) I do know a lot of people are letting their hair go gray. And I I understand why. Because it's a lot less trouble. It's a lot more cost efficient. But if you have curly hair, you maybe aren't going to like the outcome. Of the gray hair? Of the gray hair. Is why? Well, hair changes in its texture as you turn gray. So if you had nice, smooth Follicles. When it turns gray, it may become wiry and curly and frizzy. Oh, you look like you hit by lighting. And you may, yeah, and you may not like that. And so now, as opposed to color, you may have to go and have something put on it to smooth it out. So either way, you know, or you can just say, "I don't care, I don't care. I'm not, I'm not fooling with that anymore." And that's what I know a lot of people have done. They're does, I'm, I'm does, too busy. Does this have to do with the workplace where you want to be seen as more distinguished, or does it go back to like what I always say? Uh, I'm got, I, I'm t- I'm all, I'm 49 years old. I, I'm ready. Let's get some Botox going. Seriously, I'm ready to go. I don't well, you, want that. Would be the other direction. I don't want my yes. I'm going the other direction. Uh-huh. I don't want my hair to be gray. Now, when my hair grows, yes, it gets more gray. But then I get it chopped, and it's not too bad. But I'll tell you what, my hair starts going gray. I'm dying the hair. Okay. So I I think it's just because 
I'm shallow. <laughs> That's probably no, it. And I'm fine with that. You I'm fine are, with that. You are like a lot of people. And there are a lot more guys coloring their hair than many of you think there are. Oh, my I, God. There's so many people. And and yeah, but most of you. Sit there and deny so and act like it's awful. No, hilarious. they're all doing it. I know it. I know it. It is. It's true. What's hilarious, Chad? The bad dye jobs really? you have. Right. They don't match your eyebrows. Your mustache looks different. <laughs> it's hilarious. You know, yeah, you, you know what? You got to pay for it. It's you like a toupee, to too. We know who you are. That thing should come with a chin strap. <laughs> you know who had a bad dye job was? Bob Costas. They always kept saying when he did yes. the Olympics or yes. he was doing the NFL that his hair looked purple. You know, you'd see him on TV, his hair looked purple. And you're like, okay, Bob Costas is getting up there in age. There's no question that that's not his real color. So, you know, I get it. But I, I don't know. I For me, I, I see it I, as I want to stay as young as I possibly can. I'm with and you part there. part of that is how I look. And I ain't letting myself go. But... A lot of women would say, we're not letting ourselves go. We're just claiming who we are. Yeah. And that should be... I don't want to be me. I want to be the younger version of me. Well, women have... (laughs) Women have had... Put up with this for a long, long time. Right. I mean, seriously, it's how long does it take you to get ready to go to work it's in the morning? It's so quick. Yes, it's not for it's a woman. Crazy. You're going to donate at least an hour of your time just to getting ready. So yeah. I shave my head. You know, so exactly. Chad shaves his head, right? But, okay, so for women, this one thing that they, they're claiming as a power move is, if my hair is gray, I'm, I'm going with that. That's who I am. It doesn't affect what I can do and the experience I bring. I'm just as good at, you Would know, you ever do it? Because I talk to women all the time. You know, would you ever let your hair go gray? I've got two really close friends who are women, and they both let their hair go gray. They Mm -hmm. look great. Yeah. They look great. It's just they say, less money. Uh, I am who I am. Yeah. But would you ever do it? I personally would not because I know that I look awful. I can't wear gray clothing. I'm not kidding. I don't own a single gray thing or lavender. Right. Those are the worst colors in the world to me. I look dead or invisible. It's like me. So so it's not just the hair. It's gray across the board for you. It's just not your look. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I can't. I can't. It's like when Chad Chad says, if I ever wear a white shirt, I disappear. Exactly. I'm that way with gray and silver. I can't wear silver. I can't wear light, light blue up near my face or lavender. Those are colors. Take back that silver stuff. Thank goodness the three of us are beautiful. Beautiful, and I it doesn't know. really matter Thank anyway. Goodness. I went to radio specifically because I was told there was going to be no internet. <laughs> and no one would ever see Boy, did they fool you. Yeah. Hey, it's a new power move for women in the workplace. Uh, their hair goes gray, and they feel elation from it. And they're like, hey. Freedom. Freedom, yep. yeah. I'm always a trip when people, like when guys freak out about, like, who was it? Joe Buck. The the great sports announcer. You know he's got a problem with uh, with plugs, right? No, he got plugs so many times that he his voice was affected because he was under anesthesia so long that it paralyzed. And they say you may never talk again oh. because wow. he did like sixteen or eighteen times. He just did it again. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It is like it was. It was to the, he's addicted to it. Oh gosh. All right. He's falling off the hair wagon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming up next, Becky Lynn has the headlines at uh, 3.30. Except it's not your normal newscast. We, Gatos and Chad, we'll interrupt, react to the day's top little stories. Snarky. little snark in there little as snark. well. Next. Arizona's news station. News station. KTAR. On air. 92.3 FM. Online at KTAR.com. And streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic. Now. Oh, it's 3.30. And you know what that means. Time for us to hold up some headlines. Becky Lynn, what do you got? 
Well, here's our top story. The interim Maricopa County attorney is offering some clarity on how she'll navigate the legal confusion surrounding a recent near-total abortion ban. Rachel Mitchell says the laws restricting abortions are still unclear, but her office is focused on using resources on other crimes. My office will prioritize resources to address violent crime, the scourge of fentanyl coming across our border, and threats to public safety and welfare. She emphasized women will not be prosecuted for seeking abortions and says claim and claims that this will happen are political moves to just create fear. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. All right, we got midterms coming up and she's in a race right now. She's a Republican and she is the current Maricopa County uh, attorney. She has to come out and spoon, spoon feed this to to everybody. She's got to say it. Listen, I am not going to prosecute women in Arizona and Maricopa County who get an abortion because, again, we've got two abortion bans. We've got yeah. leaders who don't even know what the law says. They can't pick 1854 or 2022. Which one do you want? So Mitchell comes out, I think, does the smart thing and says, listen, here's the one thing I can tell you. If you're a woman, you get an abortion. I'm not going after you. I'll never go after you. I think that 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 people need to hear that. Yeah. And you got to tell people that because people will believe anything somebody says. Oh, yeah. Somebody said that they're, uh, uh, you know, that, that you're going to prosecute these people. Even if she says that there's people out there going, don't believe her. So you have to come out and beat everybody's head over over and over again with it because it, you got to tell it to them because they don't listen. And if they do kind of listen, they rarely take it in. Yeah, we're holding up the headlines. Fentanyl smuggling along the southern border is getting worse, according to Arizona's Attorney General Mark Burnovich. He tells Fox News in August alone, the Nogales point of entry seized more than five million fentanyl pills. Early intervention's key in helping fight addiction, according to Yavapai County Sheriff David Rhodes. Speaking at the Save Our Streets roundtable with other law enforcement and elected officials, he focused on the Reach Out program in county jails. The real point behind all of this is making sure that that very first contact with the criminal justice system is impactful. Sheriff Rhodes says the goal is to identify addictions or mental health challenges that could increase recidivism, then connect people with resources that they need. He adds they hope to roll out this reach out program statewide. All sounds great, but if there's an addiction, and everybody knows this, you've got to be the one that wants to get away from this addiction, and people will take the the easier path that's go into a treatment program or do something, and it's sad but true. And these drugs nowadays are not like drugs from the 70s and 80s. They're nasty, and they kill so fast. And uh, schools around the country are starting to put Narcan in uh, in, in like, you know, in, in middle not, school, in and middle high school. school, high school, because, you know, a kid will buy a pill from someone thinking it's one thing, but they don't know that there's fentanyl. Yeah, If you think it. you're going to need painkillers at, at school, bring your own from your home. Yeah. 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 That, don't or don't anything. don't don't take anything. There How about you go. that? Or that's go to a good school one nurse. Go yeah. to school nurse. Take, take a, a Tylenol. There you go. Yeah, oh, that's jinx, what I mean. Jinx, jinx, jinx. We're holding out the headlines. sound of dozens of Southwest Airlines protesters yeah. outside of Sky Harbor today. Oh. Just one of 11 similar demonstrations around the country. KTIR's Colton Krolak was there, and he joins us now live from the News Center to tell us more. Michael Mansoni with the Transport Workers Union says employees are asked for 
are asking for a new collective bargaining agreement. We are here picketing because uh, we have been without a contract for almost four full years and working under some archaic work rules. He says they're looking for a host of working condition improvements, such as pay for time worked, including when passengers are boarding, and access to food and a place to rest while traveling on the job. Live in the News Center, Colton Krolak, KTAR News. I got a lot of friends who are um, work for Southwest. They're pilots. They are uh, 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 flight attendants. They love it. Say it's the greatest place to work. They'd never work at another airline. Yeah. I'm sure every airline has problems. I'm sure you know the flight attendants Southwest want you know some better st- stuff, but. Uh, everybody that I talked to said it is the greatest place to work. And you know, it's so, funny when you listen to a lot of these things, much like with the railway, with they, we just averted a strike. So much of it isn't about more pay. We need this. A lot of it's about our working conditions being, you know, uh, getting points against us. If we don't, you know, can't make something. I think a lot more people are looking at like money's great, but I want some other stuff. Holding up the headlines. Hold them up. KTAR eyes on the economy. There's a new survey that shows too many Latinos are living on the financial edge. The survey conducted on behalf of the advocacy group Unidos U.S. looked at how Latinos in Arizona, California, and Texas are doing financially. 36% of respondents have no emergency savings fund to speak of. The group Santiago Suero says as a result, 66% of respondents had to borrow money from a friend or family member to cover an emergency. Many are struggling to make ends meet with debt burdens affecting people's ability to save and pay for essential expenses. He adds more than a third do not feel confident they can pay pay off their current debt over the next 10 years. Rizal, the Satino KTAR News. Who are they going to vote for? Who's the Latino community going to vote for? Because we've talked about it. Uh, we've, got, we've got thousands of new Latino voters here in Maricopa County, and a lot of them are going independent. They're going other. So they're going away from the Republican Party, the Democratic Party. Well, they're never really with the Republican Party. Republicans have picked up across the country and even here. Mm. A, a vast majority compared to what they had at one time. Yeah, I'm talking about the new voters. They're going other. So who will they vote for? I don't, I don't know, know which way they're going to break, but it can't be good for the Democrats who are in power, you know, because if you're having trouble paying for the gas and the groceries and it's going up and it's going up. You know, maybe we'll have more Latinos that are going to side with Republicans and say that we need a change. We're holding up the headlines. From Fort Myers to Tampa, people in Florida are evacuating as the Category 3 storm inches closer and closer to the U.S. mainland. FEMA Administrator Deanne Criswell says along with potentially dangerous waves and high winds, this storm could bring potentially devastating amounts of rain as well. In addition to the storm surge, we are also going to see significant rainfall with the possibility of up to 25 inches in some isolated parts of Florida. Hurricane Ian is expected to make landfall as a Category 4 storm sometime tomorrow. It's going to uh, be uh, big and nasty. I have a feeling it's going to slow down and it's going to become one of those storms, though, that dumps so much rain that it causes just as much hell and havoc. First time a, a storm of this magnitude has hit Tampa since 1921. You know, we've only talked about, you know, during hurricane season, two Am I right? Two hurricanes. One hit Puerto Rico. Yeah. The other's going to hit Tampa Bay. What happened to all the climate change people? Who said, oh, oh, "Look at all those. Hur- look at all the hurricanes. Yeah. They're worse than they ever. We've had two. Yeah, two. That's it. Right, but, they're but they've both this been pretty bad. I understand, but they've always been bad. Hurricanes have always been bad. And remember, when we talk about damage, it's done in money. Well, guess what? In 1921, there was 300,000 people there. There's 3 million now. Mm -hmm. Mm. Things are much different and cost more. And expect some gas prices to go up after 
Yeah. Are you we, sure it's Hurricane Ian? Is it like the guy on 90210, Ian? You know, are we sure Ian. that we have that right? Is it Ian? We asked saying? him. It's Ian. Uh, what is it? Yeah. Uh, who was it? The shark guy? What was his name? Oh, Ian Zeering. Ian Zeering Ian's was awesome. A, that's right. We oh, always, my God. I always called him. It's Sharknado. Oh, Sharknado. Sharknado. That's Sharknado. right. Yeah. So is it Hurricane Ian or Hurricane Ian? I think Ian? it's Hurricane Ian. It, it should right, we'll be Ian. It's, 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 uh, it's uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, we got this big thing rolling through. So what could we call it? Like a shark cane? <laughs> I don't know. Well, it could be Ian because we're looking for the eye of the hurricane. Oh. I don't want to play anymore. Holding up the headlines, Becky Lynn reads the news at 3.30. Uh, we interrupt. Uh, we react to the day's top stories. Uh, sometimes uh, a little snark. A little snark. Coming up next, should Arizona ban your kid from having a phone in school? What's behind this? Talk about it next. Gatos and Chad Show. Arizona's news station, KTAR News, 92.3 FM. Serious news. Seriously entertaining. The Gatos and Chad Show. Hey, coming up in about uh, 12 minutes, we're going to find out. So which way are independents here in Arizona going? Are they going towards Lake or are they going towards Hobbs? We've got some numbers. They're very interesting. Are they going into the lake or are they going to go into the Hobgoblin Forest? Yes, that was the second time you used that joke. I know. It's, it was funnier the second time, to be honest. Which way are they going to go? How many are there? Are there a billion? Or are they like me, an independent? Like, I don't like either of them. I know. This is the best. This is the best of the worst. The best, right? Okay. So we're going to talk about that midterm mayhem Mayhem. every day at 4.05. That is uh, coming up. All right. So uh, should we take away kids' cell phones when they're in school? No. Okay. It's pretty interesting because they're doing this. Listen, uh, trying to do it in Michigan. Okay. Well, Michigan's a weird state. I think we all know that. I know a couple of people from Michigan. They're odd, but whatever. <laughs> What's the reason behind it? It's, you know, what we talked about yesterday. The advent of the phone has, the cell phone like this has changed the work world and school as well. It's a distraction. Okay. But it's always been a distraction. I would argue, don't you need, if you're a parent, wouldn't you want your kid to have a cell phone in case something happened? Yeah. See, that's where I am. I'd also tell my kid, make sure you're not pulling that thing out in the middle of class. That's the big thing right there, because the minute you get bored or the minute you're done with something, everybody hops on it. And I would say, you know, some places you go in, even concerts now, comedy concerts and stuff, you got to put your phone in a bag or you got to leave it in your car because they don't want you filming. Uh, Especially comics, because they're always worried that they're going to get canceled. I've never been the one that did that. Oh, you haven't? No, I have not. You know, Chappelle is big about that. You know, he didn't want any because he's always talking about, you know, who's going to get me in trouble. You. Yeah. You know, but I think if he's that big a draw, which he is, he can do that. If you're going to see somebody else who's like, you know, OK, I'm not putting my phone in a bag for you. Yeah. Like yeah, it's going to be in my pocket. And you know what? I'm not doing that. But I, I get that. But should cell phones be allowed in, in the classroom? No texting, no strolling, and no social media for seven hours a day. That would be the new reality for students in Michigan if a new bill banning cell phone usage during school hours passes through the state legislature. Hey, by the way, do you remember that story we did where I don't remember if it was the Arizona Cardinals who did it, but there were NFL teams that were I thought it was an NFL team that were they were giving their players social media breaks because they hadn't been on their phone for so long. They're out there running around. Well, okay, go check your social media. Take 10 minutes. Go check your phone. See what you've tweeted. Do a what an addiction. It really is. 
It, and we're all addicted. We're all yeah. addicted. But I think it changes when you go inside the classroom. It should, I'm not right? for the deal. Chanel Pitts has a sixth grade daughter. Because of school safety concerns, Pitts says it's vital that her daughter be able to communicate with her at all times. So not having a cell phone isn't an option. So you're saying like once your kid gets to a certain age, you're not sending them to school without a cell phone? Absolutely. I don't think kids should have cell phones in their classroom. Preta Vetkataraman, a child and adolescent psychiatrist, says too much screen time could lead to social anxiety and other mental health concerns. All right. That's true, too, though. Yeah. But it's like, I don't I don't know. In this day and age, every parent wants to get a hold of their yeah. kid immediately. For everything, by the way. Not just that. You know what? Like, hey, I'm not going to be able to pick you up, walk home, or get to ride home with so-and-so. Right. Uh, can you, you know, go over to your mom, go over to your grandmother's tonight. Uh, we're going to meet you guys there. There's an emergency. Or, you know, hey, mom, I'm going to go study over here. Or, you know, we're going to... Uh, practice got practice canceled. Practice got canceled. Something like... Those are just things that we never had, right? Right. Like, I don't know how many times... I was thinking about this the other day, where practice got canceled, and your mom shows up at 5.30. You've been sitting there since 2.30. Yeah. I remember going to a payphone at the school. I used to have to walk to a store and yeah. use the payphone. The payphone. Yeah. I know. And you know what? You see a payphone now? You know what you see? Crime. Right. If you can find one If you all. can find one. But, I mean, a payphone. It's so weird when, you know, you talk to your kids about payphones. What's a payphone? Well, well, they have to go and put a quarter <laughs> in. It's crazy. And then I was or able to call. Or a dime at one or time. dime. And you better uh, have that dime or quarter in your pocket. Yeah. Oh, well, and the other thing is you had to memorize numbers. Right. Yep. That's true, too. It was a very different day. But I remember, like... When practice would end, and practice sometimes ended at one time, another time, I would go to the payphone and I would call collect. And my oh. mother would not accept it because you don't want to pay for it. She would know that was the signal to come get me. Yeah. yeah. I'd call collect. Yeah. Man, do you ever call collect and you get home and your mom's like, you're going to pay for that? Yeah, you're going to pay for that. Uh, so in Michigan, there's a bill. And but you can do this in a smart way. When you go in the classroom, right? The so teacher how do you can, do it then? The, you go in the classroom, you, your teacher tells them, put him in the desk or you put him in this, in like in a, a box. In a box or they something like that. They tried that for years. But I don't think it never I don't worked. think they ever actually really go through with it. You know, it starts out and one teacher may do it and other teachers don't. But you got to try, if, but this is going to be like seven hours without a phone. These kids may explode. They can't be without it. And you know what? I, I'm starting to be that way, too. I mean, you got all these apps. You got emails you got to get back to. You don't want to miss the group text. Then you got 47 text messages, so 135 side, right? texts. We right? work on it nowadays. It's, right. it's, it is, it's an addiction. All right. Midterm, right now. midterm mayhem is mayhem. next. Uh, we bring you the madness, the mayhem that is the 2022 midterm election. Who are independents voting for? Hobbs or Lake next. Mm-hmm.